Welcome, change agents. I'm so glad you're here. This is Cheryl Klein, and you're listening to the Limitless Leader Podcast. Hey there, Cheryl here. Today is an extremely special day. I am so grateful and excited to welcome Barbara Holtzfell, who is a former VP education at Microsoft, current board member. And Barbara, thank you so much for taking the time to share your wisdom today. Thank you so much for having me, Cheryl. I am so excited. We spoke a little bit, you know, leading up to this before we went live, and I can't wait for you to share some of your experience and wisdom. But before we get to that, I would love to know, how did you get to this point? I mean, was there someone in your life that inspired you to greatness? Or maybe did you experience something difficult that you decided that you were going to rise up above it? Or how did you get started? Yeah, no, that's a wonderful question. And uh, so I think the the way I would start there is um, kind of the way I was raised. So I grew up in, uh, in, in Southwest Germany and uh, was really raised with uh, some key values um, of integrity, empathy, working hard and persevering through challenges, um, while at the same time, you know, realizing that, you know, there are very few limits to what you can do if you put your mind and effort to it. So that's kind of how my parents raised my brother and I, and uh, my parents lived as children through World War II. And so that was certainly a formative experience for them. And kind of this notion of um, you got to push through things, you got to persevere, you got to put your best effort forward is really something that, um, you know, stuck with with me. And uh, as such, I was given the opportunity to actually try quite a number of different things uh, growing up, also outside of school, you know, different hobbies, like learning a classical mu uh, instrument, playing tennis, things that require very different skill sets. But kind of the common thread uh, through both of them is really the notion of you need to believe in your talents and you need to believe in yourself. At the same time, you got to persevere and you got to put effort into it to get better. Um, in each of these, there's setbacks. Um, for anybody who's uh, learned a classical instrument knows that. Uh, an instrument that um, that requires a lot of perseverance, you got to push through. And so those learnings of, on the one hand, sort of dreaming big and trusting yourself, as well as knowing that you're going to put effort into it and also push yourself is something that has then really helped me both through the academic um, part of my life, as well as then the international career, um, especially, you know, as I sort of, um, you know, embarked on, you know, exploring the world a little bit more broadly through my professional career. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because we're really speaking the same language, whether we're talking about world-class athletes or world-class business leaders. And your parents probably may not have even realized the impact of how they were kind of, I want to use the word coaching you, but it was really parenting you and really teaching you that growth that mindset and how it would stay with you. And so thank you so much for sharing that. And I was wondering though, you know, it seems like throughout history, if you look at, you know, whether it's musicians or athletes or business leaders, anyone who has achieved something grand, it's never really a straight shot from A to B, right? There's hiccups along the roads, things go sideways a little bit. Have there ever been a time where you doubted yourself, you persevered anyway, or maybe you 
things didn't quite go your way, like what happened and how did you recover or have the courage to push through? Yeah, no, that could be an evening filling conversation in and of itself. But I'll share a few examples there. I think, you know, that really the first one was, um, you know, applying for a scholarship to go to business school in Michigan. Uh, so outside of Germany, far away. And uh, I never thought I would get in. Um, but I sort of went for it anyway. And, you know, with the attitude of, you know, what are you going to lose, right? Uh, worst thing, you don't get it and you'll be fine. But I gave him my best shot and I, I got in, which then really turned out to be, you know, in hindsight, a fork in the road in my life and career, um, because having the opportunity to go to business school in the U.S. then opened a number of different doors uh, that I might not have otherwise had. So, um, you know, in that moment of self-doubt to go for it anyway, um, you know, then really helped me to take a big leap forward. And the second example was then sort of my first job at uh, the Coca-Cola company coming out of business school, um, where in my first role, I was tasked to lead a team of 15 people who came from all over the world. Um, and because um, part of the uh, assignment was that we were exploring teen and youth subcultures. Um, but all of the team members were either older than me and or had more work experience than me because I, I had finished business school, uh, graduate school very young. So I distinctly remember sitting there the night before um, the job started and asking myself, why would any of these team members listen to what I have to say? They have more life experience. They have more work experience. So I was scared and I wasn't quite sure if this was going to go the right way. But that sort of sense of doubt caused me to pause and to really reflect um, and to be very intentional in the approach I was going to take. And so that moment of reflection really led me to approach this with a very collaborative and empathetic leadership style. So certainly not the command and control because I had no credibility for command and control, but really not that command and control, um, you know, would, you know, deliver success anyway, but that's a different conversation. But to really approach it with the approach of bringing people in and appreciating um, and soliciting every team member's very unique perspective, both from a cultural perspective as well as from an experience perspective. And so that was a, a lesson, a leadership lesson very early on to A, pause and reflect and zoom out, but also to then lean into um, what opportunity it might bring you um, and to bring other people in. And the third I'll share is that um, you know, over the last, you know, 25 years-ish, um, I've been in the tech industry and I'm not an engineer. And so, you know, in those 25 years, taking different roles, different functional roles, working in different industries within tech, working in different countries, um, you know, that required a lot of stepping out of your comfort zone. And so there's a lot of doubt um, and not sure if you're making the right decision, if it's going to be successful or not. Um, but uh, so I had a lot of opportunity for those moments to say, um, OK, but I'm going to go for it anyway and see what happens. 
and uh, sort of taught me across those three examples really to be bold in the ambition um, and but to be authentic to yourself and knowing what matters to you and what's important to you and who you are as a person um, and to be humble and empathetic with the people around you and, and learning from them. So those were a couple of things on, you know, situations where I've doubted myself, but, you know, you push yourself and you go, go anyway. And one of the other things that that related back to was also um, to, you know, one of the key things that I took away from also how I was raised is this notion of, you know, roots and wings that, uh, you know, you got to spread your wings and that's kind of more the bold ambition and exploring different things, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, uh, but having roots and knowing where your roots and what your roots are. And that to me also comes back, not just to physical roots, but also to your personal roots and your personality, your values and what matters to you. Yeah, those things are all so important. And when we're talking about the subject of authentic leadership, you know, having, you know, being authentic, like you said, to what you're passionate about, pushing through. And then also, what about if, you know, well, let's roll back for a second. Anytime we were talking about world-class performers in business and sports and in music or really anything that, you know, it's not a clear shot from A to B. And so sometimes things go a little bit sideways. And on the topic of authentic leadership, can you explain, do you, did you ever have a time when things kind of got a little, you know, went a little bit sideways, but um, true to the authentic leadership that you are, how did that affect your recovery? Because a lot of times, you know, when we're recording this, it was right, either right after or during you know, the US Open. And if you use tennis as an analogy, and I forgot, actually, for a split second that you're a tennis player, there are a lot of tennis players in my family as well. And um, tennis isn't so much about the winners as it is about at that high level is, is, is about who recovers from the errors. And so was there ever an error that you made? And how were you authentic in your recovery? Yeah. So I think, you know, first of all, to your question of, you know, a straight line, I mean, it's never career, any progress is never a straight line. There's moments where it feels more like a jungle gym or, you know, like a maze. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, look, there's, there's lots of moments when, you know, things don't go the way you imagine. Um, and, uh, you know, both from a career or job perspective, you know, I mean, people see on your LinkedIn profile, the jobs you got, um, they don't see the ones that you didn't get. And people tend to forget That's that. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, and uh, most people, even, you know, when you look at someone's resume or background, see, my gosh, you know, that looks like a really straight line. Chances are it wasn't because we don't list the stuff that didn't go our way. And, uh, you know, so all the way from, you know, on the one hand, over the course of time, also as you grow as a leader, you're going to get some tough feedback. Um, and, you know, there's a couple of things you can do with tough feedback. You can either try and explain it away by other circumstances or reorgs or what have you, or you can lean into it and say, this is going to be painful, but I'm going to go in because I'm going to learn something. And, um, 
so there's been situations where I've gotten tough feedback. And what happened was that, you know, as you lean into that to say, you know, I'm not going to shove it to the side. Somebody's trying to tell me something and I'm going to lean in and I'm going to really learn from that. And it opened up a very different set of conversations that otherwise I would not have had the chance to have and a different level of relationship building. And it sort of also comes to asking for help to really say to someone, hey, I got this feedback, not quite sure what to make of it. Can you help me unpack this? And can you help me when I'm doing something most likely unintentional that might rub people the wrong way? Can you help me notice it? Can you give me a little signal that I'm doing it? Um, and so, and this goes also to asking for help that as leaders, I think we all, we often, you know, fall for the myth that as leaders, we need to have all the answers when in fact, asking others to help and inviting other perspectives in is a very empowering thing to do for everyone involved. It A, shows you that you as a leader are vulnerable and that you're looking to keep learning and growing and that you're not putting yourself on a pedestal and saying, I got it all figured out. Um, and it's that sort of recovery that you mentioned to say, hey, here's a tough situation. I got some tough feedback, but here are some of the things that I can do to actually learn from this, whatever setback it might be, and keep growing. And I'll share a funny story with you that I think I shared with you offline, which is um, in uh, I had some uh, meetings and during COVID calls with the senior executive team at uh, Microsoft. And as luck would have it, uh, twice in a row, the internet went out uh, during that time. So, you know, A, I think there's also a bit of humor that is required to say, hmm, all right, this was unexpected. But then to you know, ask someone for help to say, can you cover for me for a few minutes because I need to dial back in. Um, and I think it's those sorts of lessons to say, you're going to stumble, you're going to fall, you're going to have a setback. But, you know, if you're willing to learn, to lean into that, dust yourself off um, and keep going. Yeah. So thanks so much for sharing that. I think part of an authentic leadership style, just to shine a light on what you just said, is to be like, how how do I recover from setbacks? How do I recover from slip-ups? Whether they're, you know, a project that doesn't go as planned or internet that goes out on a SLT meeting or, you know, anything like that. Because then, like you said, you get grounded in your your values and you kind of find that that comfort in your values and how to respond. And so you know, is there a call to action, you know, that you would have for everyone? So anyone listening? So in other words, for any either other female leaders or emerging leaders, if they're looking to, you know, access their next level of leadership and really lock into their authentic leadership style. Because one other thing that we spoke about a little bit before we came on live was that sometimes as women, and maybe we didn't talk about but um, I've heard from other women who are maybe further marginalized within our gender, it seems like there is a lot of pressure to either act how we think we should act or do things that we think that we should do. 
And sometimes without even putting our finger on it, we might feel a little uncomfortable or not feel authentic. So if we really want to lean in, listeners really want to lead into their most authentic leadership style and also what they're passionate about, you know, is there any call to action or advice that you can give kind of what is the first step or the next best step? Yeah. So what's worked for me is, um, you know, A, to realize at some point, it's not going to be a straight line. You know, when you set out, you sort of have the illusion that that's what's going to happen. Um, so to to accept that, that it's not going to be a straight line and to figure out what works for you and to really be authentic and true to yourself. And I think it starts with being clear on your values what matters to you? How do you want to spend your time? What kind of impact do you want to have either in business or in society or, uh, or on other people? And really using that as your compass as you navigate um, the waters of the of your career. And, you know, for example, when I look at an opportunity, um, I have three very simple criteria um, to say, is it something that I'm genuinely passionate about? Is it something that I really want to get up for in the morning and say, this is something I want to do? The second criteria is, am I, am I learning something new? And that's really important to me to kind of keep growing and learning. Um, and the third one is really company, team, and culture. Um, so that you know you're going to be surrounded with people who might appreciate um, a similar style of work. Um, so, but it all comes back to value. So that's where I would start. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a quote I love from Shakespeare, which is, uh, this above all to thy own self be true. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's really something that I think, especially as women, um, is really important that we don't have to show up and, you know, try to have the same traits as men. Um, but to really be grounded in, what each one of us individually are strong at, uh, what we can contribute. And a framework that's helped me, um, which again is simple, um, I like simple frameworks, is to look at three um, areas to say, what are you really great at? Not what can you do if you're pushed to, like, you know, I can do a spreadsheet pivot table if I have to, but that's probably not what I'm great at. Um, what do you love? doing, not what can you do if you have to, but what do you really love doing? What dilutes your eyes and say, yes, this is what I, what I really love doing. And how does that align with kind of what the world needs and finding that sweet spot um, and sort of keep revisiting that because chances are it changes over time. So um, long story short, from a call to action, I would really start with values and understanding what matters to you and how you want to spend your time. And then thinking through, you know, what are you great at? What do you absolutely love doing? And how does that align with um, what the world needs? And above all, you know, believing in yourself and keep moving forward. Um, because that's when progress happens. And sometimes the biggest progress in yourself and the biggest growing in yourself happens when it's actually hard. And when you feel out of your comfort zone. 
Yes, 100%. I think we're definitely speaking the same language, of course. And a lot of times, you know, going back to getting some challenging feedback or uncomfortable feedback or what have you, a lot of times, at least what I've experienced with, you know, um, clients is that they're like, it was very uncomfortable, not just uncomfortable, but um, not did not feel good at the time. But in reflection, it was their launch pad to their next level of leadership. So maybe part of your authentic leadership is embracing the uncomfortable when it's coming, of course, from a place of compassion and your best interest at heart. Absolutely. Well summarized, Cheryl. <laughs> so thanks for pointing that out. That is so important. And then I just want to add that, you know, it's important to have your own you know, uh, board of advisors or, you know, the, the people that we surround ourselves with is so very important. So if you're listening to this and thinking of, you know, I'm not in a, you know, in a culture that supports my authentic self or leadership style, you know, and then thinking about how can you have the support structure that's going to allow you to connect and do some of these really important things that Barbara's talking about. I think the your own career advisory board is uh, is a key thing um, to have people on there who who know you well, uh, who know your strengths, but who also know where you you know you might have challenges and where you know they're going to give you an honest uh, answer and not tell you what they think you might want to hear. So um, that's another great piece of advice. Thank you, Cheryl. Well, a hundred percent. And so Barbara, I want to thank you so much. I can't wait to keep following you to seeing what's next. You've already had such an great impact in the world. And I can't imagine that the best is yet to come, but it could definitely be possible. And I look forward to following your journey. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for having me on the, on the call. And uh, I look forward to staying connected. If you've enjoyed this episode, follow or subscribe to the Limitless Leader podcast with Cheryl Klein on whatever podcast platform you use. We'll let you know every time we release a new episode. And if you really enjoyed what you've heard so far, rate and review us too. That's one of the best ways that you can support us and make sure that this podcast keeps going. And also, I offer a significant library of free mental toughness and high-performance videos, worksheets, tips, and other helpful content on my website at www.cherylkline.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Cheryl Klein, and I look forward to having you back next time. And remember, you're only limited by what you think is possible. Cheering you on always.